This is the Drive-In Podcast. Take one. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to episode 136 of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have our episode one reactions to HBO's House of the Dragon. So use the bathroom now, grab that popcorn, and enjoy episode 136 of the Drive-In Podcast. Howdy doody, welcome to episode 136 of TDI. We have a very special episode today. We have finally the prequel to Game of Thrones, a highly anticipated series with one that George R.R. Martin has his hands on along with Miguel Sapochnik, one of the acclaimed directors for Game of Thrones. This is Dr. On the Horn to Start per usual. I'm joined by Ricky Flicks, Game of Thrones aficionado, how excited are you to talk about some some more Thrones, dude? It's been forever. Thrones are back. Thrones are back. It's been three years. It feels like it's been less than three years, to be honest. I feel like we just had it. I don't know why. I feel like just by the the lasting impact of that final season, some would say final two seasons, how different they were from the, the prior seasons and how disappointed versus expectations. I feel like it just happened. And now I think we're all the way back. I feel like Twitter just erupted from this premiere. I feel like this lived up to the expectations that I had. I, I, I'll let you go off on your rent if you think so or not. But for me, this knocked it out of the park for premiere episode. It knocked it, it felt, out of the park. Uh, wow. Knocked it out of the park. Wow. I'll, I'll get to our reactions in a sec. But it was great to have, like, for, for a movie podcast, we're on Twitter a lot. It was great to have Throne Chatter right going on uh throughout the timeline and that's the kind of stuff that i miss from as much as uh, a disappointment season seven and eight were for game of thrones particularly season eight it was always fun to have discussions about characters right theories and things like that there's arguably not a better fandom on social media than game of thrones twitter you know like it's like star wars is pretty divisive especially after last jedi mcu seems like they worship their projects no matter what if you're a fan of the mcu and they they have a hard time being critical of what feige's doing over there but with game of thrones people get so attached to these characters they have people that have read the books you have people that don't know anything about the books it's like it's just what in reddit is especially huge for game of thrones okay especially predictions and like how viable it is compared to the to the books that George R. George R. Martin has written. I just think it's so fun to be back on there. You know, did you have that same feeling? Yeah, and I think a big difference also is that this is a television show, television show versus a franchise of the magnitude of a Star Wars or MCU or even a DC. I think the only other I can't think of anything. I think Game of Thrones Twitter is like what you said; it's different. I guess the only other like fandom I would throw in there is Snyder Cut fans. Snyder fans, but they are also somewhere to, to the MCU where it's like it's Zack Snyder, somewhere to Kevin Feige, Zack Snyder's vision can never criticize it. So this is where Game of Thrones is like, 
yeah, we can criticize it because we're based off of these books, not just comics, but books because comics change over time. Look at Secret Wars, just the evolution of Secret Wars right now. Like, are we going to go with the 80s version or the 2015 version? Like, we don't know. I think with Game of Thrones, there's books, and we got the guy producing this, and we got the, the great director back, and I think they have a clear vision what's going on here. And we have a clear ending, right? Because this is a prequel. We know what's going to happen at the very end. It's just that we don't know how far are they going to go. And I think that's, for me, that's how interesting because we have like, uh, uh, crap, I can't pronounce it. Rhaenyra, I think you pronounce it, the the heir. Yep. She is, like that actor, Millie Alloc, she won't be Rhaenyra the entire time. Emma D'Arcy is going to jump in and we're going to have other people jump in as older characters but the mm -hmm. same character so it's going to be different where this season is going to be a time like time's going to go quicker versus like a game of thrones where time is like a lot slower it's like literally every episode the next episode is the next day you grow with like the that. same character same actors throughout the entire right. thing you exactly know? Not, this is going to be different no time jumps literally no time jumps in game of thrones except when you go back for the obviously think about the iconic flashback scene where you find about find out about Jon Snow's ancestry and how he's really Aegon Targaryen and all that jazz. But for the most part, it, you're right. You just go with the characters and you grow such attachment to those actors. And that's why, like, that's what they are going to be associated with for the rest of their careers, whether you're right. Kit Harington or you're uh, uh, Macy Williams or you're whatever. Even Ned Stark, just in one season, just seems like everyone has forgotten what Sean Bean has done. Sean Bean, however you pronounce it damn first name but uh everyone forgets oh yeah he was in lord of the rings or he was yeah he was in national treasure no we think we remember him as ned stark season yeah. one and growing with him we, during that time period you know yeah and no matter what amelia clark does with her hair to try to get away from denarius she always will be denarius to us right um so going into this episode i i speaking of game of thrones twitter i launched a tweet out there was asking like May, or not really asking. I was like, I was going to be harshly critical of the opening intro, the title card, and the song that was going to come on because that's one of the most recognizable in HBO history and the HBO's long line, or like, like basically their entire show showography, not filmography, but you know what I'm talking about. It's just like if you look down their roster, they have iconic theme songs. I'm like, how are you going to potentially match? game of thrones and i don't think they even tried to they with this first time they played like a slower version of the original one that everyone was so familiar with which i, I think is very smart because it's like a return to this world and things like that but they are going to do a, a main title card with the song for the show next episode with episode two but with that being said ricky flicks expectations going into this first episode what were you uh hoping to see all right, with this first episode from Miguel Spochnik and uh, House of the Dragon. There were a, a lot of things that I expected to see. I wanted to see how were they going to connect this tonally and also just storyline perspective to Game of Thrones. And they did that in a multitude of ways. Like they like even by the title card, uh, the music, uh, tonally with the violence, even though it's peacetime, they still had a tournament where there's jousting and like sword fights. Uh, the bat, uh, the city watch just destroying murderers and rapists and such. Damon, sort of like uh, like the Matt Smith character, he's basically Ramsey Bolton in this, <laughs> like just a menace. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, you have that connection. Uh, 
Rhaenyra is basically the uh, Daenerys. Like you have the comps, very like direct correlations with Game of Thrones tonally and also storylines going for the throne, succession plans, heirs, whatnot. And also like you have in like a bunch of sex and like I said, violence. You say like the uh, was the king's hand's daughter like go comfort the king like right like that mm-hmm. was just, that's game of thrones like you have this tonal like we know now after one episode yep this is we're back like this is just a well-oiled machine game of thrones hbo combination they just can do no wrong like they're not gonna mess like mess up their like the game of thrones tone and they have it and i'm i'm fully back like going into this show, I didn't know how much they were going to lean on, like the what the fans were familiar with with Game of Thrones. Do they want to be tightly connected to like uh, this new show, and people don't have the fondest of memories of what they remember about the latest Game of Thrones season? So, how tight do you want that pilot to be to what fans are familiar with? I think it did a great job balancing it a little bit. Cause you're right, tonally fit right in. Felt like we were in season four Game of Thrones. Right, right when you walked in, whether it's the music, you see some dragons here. You talked mm. about the jousting. You talk, you talk about the idea of succession. You have the brothels. Anything that like, like the best parts, like I guess, like what will capture the setting. You have King's Landing. You got the throne itself. Like you just you are put back into that setting, and then you're also this pilot did a great job getting you excited for these new characters. And you talked about the difference between this. Uh, this series versus game of thrones like the time jumps that we're going to go through over multiple seasons that's going to be incredible to see and they obviously have an end game here and everything but the characters they do some nice parallels and even ones that you automatically want to associate associate uh renera am i pronouncing that right renera do you have it up renera 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 but like if you want to compare renera to danny i almost found her even more comparable to like how stark and with Arya particularly as a character but you obviously have that facial like recognition like oh that's gonna be danny they already see like oh yeah you could see that was danny's relative from nearly two centuries ago it lines up and it does a great job saying this is clearly going to be its own thing it's 172 years before daenerys targaryen is born right 172 years okay so it's going to have that loose connection right if you're with the books you're going to recognize a lot of things happening here for people like you and me we're trying to fill in some gaps here a little bit and you're trying to figure out like the history of the targaryens all we know is that they're a family that is surrounded by turmoil and they're ones that uh are known that the the, their anger and frustration can sometimes get the better of themselves and they can fly the crap out of some dragons right so in terms of balancing out Old Game of Thrones with this new one, introducing new characters. I thought the pilot, as you said, pretty much hit a home run. Yeah, and a couple other things would be like King's Court. Like, what was some of the great things about Game of Thrones? The politics, right? Council, and then the inner, uh, yeah, the council, the inner quarrels within the council and the families, right? We saw that the Queen who never was, the Valerians, right? Very powerful ally, the Targaryens. We saw that power couple right there, and then. They also did nods to the other families. We got the Baratheons involved. We got the Starks. Like it's Mm -hmm. connecting to Game of Thrones to get us back into that Game of Thrones mindset, but in this two uh, two centuries earlier, which is fantastic. And another way they did that was at the end, which I kind of rolled my eyes at a bit. The only time I did that was when they referred to the Song of Fire and Ice uh, twice, twice, twice. (laughs) And it's just like, okay, that's the only time we'll mention that. But why even do that? Like I don't know. But the last thing I'll say is they mentioned Aegon the Conqueror, Conqueror, and then Daenerys, the peacetime king for 60 years, and then obviously the king right now. 
what led me just thinking now, and now I mentioned the actors being different with a couple of the characters because of the time jump throughout this season alone is how many seasons will this be? And will, will we get to the mad King? Will we get to that era of the Targaryen, like the end of the Targaryens, like the very That's gotta be the end game, right? Right. But like how, how many seasons is this going to take? We don't know. So if they're already doing time jumps with some of these characters where we had to get new actors involved, older actors involved, that's like, Holy crap, we're jumping ahead. Is this going to be a shortened, like only like four or five seasons? Or are we going to drag it out to seven or eight? I'm thinking we're not going to drag it out if we're already doing time jumps. Well, it's kind of interesting because George R. R. Martin was just his, he was doing an interview, and he said he wanted the original Game of Thrones to be between 10 and 13 seasons. And obviously, we didn't get to finish the books. We get to the point of season six, and obviously Martin hasn't finished these books. We got rushed seven and eight pretty much after uh, – I mean, much fan divisiveness, not really even divisiveness. They want the show, but they want it done right. And it's a kind of Benioff and Weiss have taken the brunt of that, uh, the blame, I guess, in that regard. But it's interesting just because I think that's a great place to end it. I like the idea of having like, like the fight for the throne over decades rather than just a short span of time. And also if the Targaryens are conquering this entire time, right, you want to talk about the inner fighting, right, with them and like, we get introduced. Obviously, you talked about Matt Smith's character, uh, Damon Targaryen, and then you see how he has a relationship with Rhaenyra earlier on, and then the, you're going to find out, oh my god, they're going to be actually going, like, dueling, like, head-to-head a little bit here, right? And then also, once they're done, once a couple decades have passed, no matter who's on the throne, who comes up next, and, like, I, I, how they're going to connect these lineages of Targaryens, and also, they mentioned dragons here. There's going to be, I think, up to 17 dragons in this show. That's what I've heard. Wild. I don't know how many are going to be introduced like throughout the course of this first season, but 17 are going to be in here. Right. So it's, it's taken like the, it's, that's where it feels like the middle of game of Thrones to me, where it's like, it's Danny. She gets her, she gets the dragons end of season one. They're growing through season two, right? Season three and four, they become a formidable force. Everyone starts hearing about the dragons. All right. So now the dragons, we're going to see like literally, Damon Targaryen in the middle of this episode with Matt Smith, he takes a dragon himself away. And then you also see Rhaenyra. She has a passion for dragon riding. She reeks of dragons. That was kind of a weird way to start the show. Talking about you smell like dragon back, things like that. But can you imagine like they're going to be on dragons going head to head against one another? That's something that wasn't common except for, dare I say it, the White Walkers. You know, that was the only time that we've ever seen that. But seeing a Targaryen versus Targaryen, a fire versus fire. I can't wait for it. Great introductories. What do you think of um I want to talk about Damon Targaryen because I think he was the most electric character in this episode. Easy. I think he's uh pretty much the fan favorite after this first episode, but we know Game of Thrones, what are they known for? Throwing throwing in these ancillary characters later. We're talking about time jumps. How much time are we actually going to spend with Damon, with Matt Smith himself? So I just want to get your initial reaction to his character and like I guess parallels you can make to the original show. Yeah, like the the first parallel is just like to Ramsey Bolton for sure. Just a troublemaker, like the everything in the broth the brothel, his like talking to his city watch and like commanding the city watch, similar to Ramsey Bolton when he was like back in Game of Thrones, like season five, six. I just the parallels are right there for me. But the takeaways I have besides the dragon, I think that's big, him taking the dragon with 
the I don't know, obviously not his wife because he kept commenting how the one is one is with. I think I think she was like uh she's like almost the bailish of this episode. Yeah, yeah. But, she's running uh, the brothel. Right, but he was sitting on the throne at one point. That's what he wants. That, right, but he actually was sitting on it. That that I was just like, huh, that's interesting. Because like actually having someone sit on the throne, I can't think of another time in Game of Thrones when someone sat on the throne before they were actually on the throne. And like there's a lot of just staring at the throne. <laughs> right, exactly. But that was like that was big for me. I was like, wow. And then who does he like right when he's sitting on the throne, who comes into the scene? It's Rhaenyra, right? And it gives the necklace, right? Rhaenyra, he's Rhaenyra's uncle. There's a history of inbred at, incest. Incest, yeah. sorry, at uh the Targaryens. I don't know anything. I didn't read the books, but it just makes me wonder. Maybe they both do a little duo. I don't know. It starts off as a civil war. And then I don't know. I'm just. So as someone who's never read the book, that was my prediction initially after the trailer came out about a month ago. I'm like, okay, they have a history of like, obviously these two are going to be like battling each other, but what are the odds that they just come together and just have this incestuous relationship that Game of Thrones fans were all thinking when, when, Matt Smith says, turn around, and then says, like, put this necklace on her. And then also Rhaenyra is staring at Daemon Targaryen, right, as he's doing the jousting. And, like, yep. with the flower gets put on – or like, the, 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 um, the, with the flower, the ring of flowers gets put on the joust for good luck for Daemon Targaryen. Everyone who's seen Game of Thrones is thinking, oh, my God, here it is. This is the next Cersei and Jaime Lannister right here. But, I mean – it still could happen. I think the, uh, there's a high unlikelihood in that situation. But uh, ah, I, I, I just thought Matt Smith was perfect here. And he's uh, – ever since like Doctor Who, because that's a big show for a lot of people, and uh, he was the face of that show, it seems like he's been just having fun, like the way we like to think about it. He's definitely the biggest name in this cast. What we see him in previously, Morbius, okay? Uh, big franchise superhero movie, okay? Was it a good movie? Absolutely not. Was it well-received? Absolutely not. But – People love Matt Smith, and they Moment like to time. see him. I mean, he's doing like from Doctor Who to a superhero movie, and now to the Game of Thrones world. Seems like he's just really embracing the idea of being this fantastical type of actor and just like having fun with these roles. He gets to put on a large wig here, he gets to look like Legolas a little bit, and he gets to command right the city watch at least for one episode. You know? <laughs> yeah, and I think another thing was like besides that, I was just talking about like possible scenarios. Like basically, Rhaenyra's love life was like. A huge triangle here between the king's hand's daughter like her right hand lady like there was definitely some like flirting going on there and then also with the guy who beats damon i forget the king of, uh like i i don't remember his name at all but the guy a, who beats damon in the in the jousting was he from dorn maybe yeah yeah dorn dorn you're right you're right dorn. that was another big part of the show too where he's like like they're like oh he's from dorn you know like right, just like right. you think of pedro pascal and everything exactly. like that the viper so i was thinking Exotic dang people. like that's like a huge like between the three people. There's a love triangle there. Emma, and, Emma, you're thinking of as her friend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She and had so, an interesting role in this episode too. Yeah, so I just thought that was interesting. And the guy from Dorne, I'm, I'm interested to hear or hear more about his side because this, I think, another thing, big thing with Game of Thrones was there's so many different storylines happening because it, it tackles all the different kingdoms, right? And like one episode was focused on the Starks. One was focused on the Lannisters or something like that. Right. This one's like all about the Targaryens. So we're not bouncing around across the country or across countries here. We're all in Westeros. So it's going to be interesting. Now it's like, we're probably bouncing around between Daemon and King's Landing, but then do we get the Dorne? 
do we have to bounce around more like similar to game of thrones that's what i'm interested in going forward in these in these subsequent subsequent uh episodes yeah it's gonna be interesting because at the end of the episode you have the members of house baratheon uh and house stark like Rickon Stark is devote like pledging loyalty to the, like this idea of she's going to be the queen, meaning uh Renera, Renera, uh I keep for I can't pronounce her name. Renaria? Is that what we keep saying? Renera? Renea? Renera? Renea? What is it? Ray. No, I, I gotta get this right. Renera. Renera. Yeah, Renera. Okay. This, these are tough to pronounce, especially because we don't have a great familiarity with them yet. But uh, they pledge loyalty, like okay, like this is the this is a successor. But I mean, if they see a more powerful, like leader potentially, uh, where do these different families go? Where do these kingdoms around right this entire of Westeros? Where do their loyalties actually lie? When it comes to an actual battle featuring two Targaryens, which side do you pick? Maybe someone else is coming into the fold, thinking that they could somehow take on these fa these families of dragons. I don't think so, but. How is like let's say Baratheon somehow is on one side and Stark is on the other? You can introduce some pretty cool storylines. We might sound dumb right now because we've never read the books, yes, but that's do. going through my mind. Like where, like people of Dorne, where are they going to lie? Where do they see is the best place to go here? Do they go with one that maybe is the more respectable leader and Rhaenyra, or do they go with right the one who probably is going to be able to hold power for a longer amount of time but also is willing to like punish civilians and also maintain power at all costs with a Daemon Targaryen so that in that aspect prediction wise like that could be something cool to watch for the first in this season and beyond yeah most definitely the civil war focus like who's whose side will pick who and then after a civil war then the Targaryens are more susceptible to these other like powers in Westeros, such as the Starks and the Baratheons. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Civil War turns out and how it leads up to Game of Thrones, but that's not going to be for a long time. So I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know where to go next. Like, it's interesting because, like, uh, the king here, I'm talking about parallels from maybe the first season of Game of Thrones because obviously that's natural. You can compare pilots, can compare first seasons. You also have a king who doesn't seem like he's uh strong or capable of leading and and that would be right Viserys here Viserys Targaryen what is that similar to probably a Robert Baratheon from the first season of Game of Thrones exactly right and that's where I was thinking out when you think about Rhaenyra versus uh uh Arya Stark people that don't want to fit into their classic like uh like a roles as the woman in the in the kingdom like serving your king all right, doing whatever they need in terms of like lady responsibilities, but instead she wants to be riding like dragon back, right? Just like Arya wants to become a warrior, like like they want to be knights. So in this case, are we going to see Renera, right, turn into that knight type of figure, or does she have to kind of like alter who she is to be ready to become queen? Because if we know anything, if we're going to do parallels, Robert Baratheon, what happens in the first season of Game of Thrones, bites the dust, okay. What's going to happen here? We have the hint at Viserys who has the, the the infection on his side. All right, seems like it's only a matter of time before he's gone. Right, so we'll see how she transfers. Is she going to become more of a leader in terms of almost like a Cersei? Okay, or is she going to turn more into like uh, a Daenerys, where she's actually going to get in the back of the dragon and say Dracarys? We saw her whisper it here too. Talk about appealing to the fan base. It's uh, it's going to be cool to see. I just think they did an amazing job with those parallels, man.
Yeah, and the, the Robert Baratheon classic like parallels there as well. The correlation with how the, also not only how he's the king, but also um, the odd death, not even death, just odd death, right? Uh, Robert Baratheon, obviously what happened there, the hunting situation, Cersei. And then here it's like not only the infection, but also with the actual throne, the throne's killing him, like just sitting on it. Right. So, so it's just like, it's kind of also like symbolism saying the throne just naturally kills you. Like if you can't good it. symbolism, I didn't really think about that. That's awesome. Right. And uh, yeah. So it's, it, do you think that they did a little too much connection to what we already knew before? Do you, like, I know they're introducing these new characters. We're going to go on this huge journey with them. Do you think that they lean too heavily on either dragons, the idea of the throne, the families? Do you think like they did a good job introducing new material to get excited about? Or do you, were, were you okay with like the amount that they leaned on older thrones and what we know? One of my biggest drawbacks to this episode, why if I had to put like a score on it for like a premiere episode, it's huge, but like an actual critical score, probably like 90, like midnight, like low to mid nineties. Like I thought it was terrific uh, TV premiere for a season or series even. But um, I just think there's like, we talked about the Robert Brath and correlation, like literally there's character to character correlations from this prequel series to the actual game of Thrones series. It's way too obvious. A lot of the things that happened were way too obvious. So obviously it's not going to be, this is game of Thrones. This is, like prequel, it's not going to be obvious. Like what we think is going to happen, what we've been talking about, literally none of what we said is probably going to happen. But as of right now, like a lot of the things in the episode were just very like obvious. We're just taking it for what it is. But I guess it's just because it's one episode in. I think just going forward, the, I think the point is this looks and feels like Game of Thrones, right? And even like, and then with the dragons, doesn't lean too heavily on the dragons, in my opinion. Yes, that was like the first scene. And then also there's a couple other scenes with the dragons flying, but no, nowhere near leaning on them at all. And they look great, by the way. They do look great. Like the CGI looks very good, I thought. Um, but yeah, I don't think anything maybe leaned a little too Game of Thrones heavy, but I think it's just because it's the first episode. The title is House of the Dragon, you know? So it's like the first scene, it just reminds you, they bring up Danny Targaryen and they show this younger Targaryen figure on Dragonback. It's like, okay, that's cool. And they also end it, Right with the dragon, and then obviously Damon Targaryen taking it away. Uh, just, I just think it's they didn't over rely on the dragons, which is great. So I think they could have done that, and I think that was kind of a failure towards the later seasons of Thrones. Just Danny was so obsessed with them, and then people were just also very critical of the way they looked. I thought the dragons actually looked good on looked TV good. here while we were while we were watching. Uh, yeah, overall, I think they did a good job of just like you have to like um, establish the setting for the show. Right. And we already know a lot about the setting, but it's not like drilling you in the head about it, except for maybe the throne a little bit with Matt Smith sitting on it. Everything else was like, OK, we're just almost it's like a reintroduction into Game of Thrones. It's just like, oh, remember Dorne? Do you remember like House Baratheon? Do you remember this or that? These all these places all existed during this time because a lot of these houses, they go by the wayside when it comes to uh, seasons five, six, seven, eight of Game of Thrones. So it's like, OK, we're going back in time here. Right. Let's go back to the history of Westeros and see what's going down. Uh, I do want to also talk about uh, like a, a potential thing that could be happening here. And it's the queen that never was uh, House Valerian. What's going on there? I just think that there's a lot of focus in this first episode. Uh, Rhaenyra versus uh, Daemon Targaryen after the eventual like line of succession following the death of Viserys that we presume is happening sooner rather than later. 
Do you think there's going to be a third party, right? Maybe from the council of one Viserys Targaryen with the Valerians. Do you think that's going to be coming about with the wife of Corlys Valerian? I think the Valerians, like, they're such a powerful entity itself, and they're like the most powerful ally the Targaryens. They have to be. I think. I think just based off of logic, Game of Thrones logic, like they have to be. How so? I don't know. Well, and which side they will pick, I don't know either. Because obviously in the in the king's court, the council, uh, what's his name? Like Steve Tucson's character, like uh, the actual Valerian here. He takes the side of Damon for a second. Thank you. He takes the side of Damon for a sec second when, when they're deciding which to pick for the successor. But then like obviously he has his hesitations about him. So it's like you honestly don't know. And then obviously from his wife's point of view, it's like, oh, she should have been the queen. Like just because she's a woman, she didn't get it. So it's like, oh, so. Who's she going to take the grudge out on uh, Viserys' successor who he picked because she should have beaten him to the throne. And then, or she's going to take Damon just because, oh, I don't like Viserys. So I'm not going to pick who he picked. You know what I mean? Yeah. So or I she's going to create her own army, bro. Like, I could see that happening too. Valerian. Go for it herself. What do we know about Valerians from the original Game of Thrones? You take Valerian steel. Unstoppable type of material to use in warfare. Like right. imagine, like they, they take on dragons, and she has an heir, and she has an heir. She does not yeah, introduced. So, I, so I'm thinking that potentially this offers something to add more complexity to this potential civil war. It doesn't become a civil war; it just becomes more like an all-out war for the Iron Throne, right? And take on right, How, not even House Targaryen. It almost ends House Targaryen, right? If the Valerians actually win, but that's like another part of this show that i'm excited about because valerian steel is something that came on later part of later seasons in game of thrones where people were like oh this is really cool and like you think of Jon snow wielding the sword and everything and this is like some of the intro to it this is the history about it okay so where what tell us more about this deal tell us about this family that's actually producing it and uh i believe they're extremely rich as well they gotta be right house yeah valerian. they are yeah, all these people are that are in the king's council. But I just on the last thing I was gonna say with the related to the dragons was, yeah, I think there's ten dragons right now. They said they're gonna be seventeen. And what I was thinking is like, if this is gonna be a civil war, dragons versus dragons, I think one of the great things Game of Thrones did when those dragons versus dragons, like clearly that one's a zombie and it's spitting out blue fire. How are they gonna differentiate differentiate these? Clearly, like these battle sequences. They do look clearly. different. Some of the dragons, right? Like, they, but they, at the they, end of the day, they gotta like, be when they're fighting and they're in the air it's like they got to be clear like what's like who's like whose side you're on because even like when you're watching game of thrones it's clear like oh you're rooting for the other dragon not the weird looking dragon you gotta see who's on the back of it too i think that's gonna be helpful too now they're not always on dragon back and everything like that but sometimes they are and that's how you can easily tell i get like there's going to be some iconic imagery once you got Renera and Damon Targaryen on horse on Dragonback going at one another. I just can't wait for that eventual scene. I would think happens towards mid-season, maybe even the end. I don't know when there's going to be a time jump of sorts. I really don't know if it's happening this season or later on. And again, like if the Valerians are as powerful as we're saying, right? And they're the third party here going for the crown. Maybe Damon and Rhaenyra have to combine each, each, uh, forces to go against them, perhaps. Like, I'm just thinking spitballing here. We mentioned about the uh, history of incest and the flirting in the beginning of this episode. Maybe that's a, sol a solution for them. Not sure. I'm just spitballing. And I think this show did an excellent job just establishing 
the main players, just like the first foremost. This is the House of the Dragon. It's going to be about, right, Targaryens. But I am excited for these ancillary characters that make Game of Thrones, that made Game of Thrones such an iconic series. When someone asks, like, what is your favorite Game of Thrones character, you didn't immediately think of, like, the main character. It wasn't just Jon Snow. It wasn't just Danny Targaryen. It wasn't just a Cersei Lannister or Jamie Lannister, or it could be a Tyrion, it could be a Tywin, it could be like literally Viper, it could be the Mountain, like they, it does such a good job of taking an ensemble, and just like also the writing for these characters are also incredible from the original Game of Thrones, like can't, like I'm, I'm, I'm excited for starting next episode, I'm going to start looking for those side characters that I'm looking to make an impact, yes, there were some interesting guys here, Risa Fons I think did solid as um, the Hand of the King, I got his name up here too. Uh, I had it up here. Reese, Reese, Reese. Do you have it on you? It's Otto. Uh, Otto. Otto. The most yeah, like, Otto. You're right. and like, and like Otto. So I think of Rocket Power immediately, but I also think of Otto von Bismarck. And I remember that name actually existed a long time ago as well. So you know, uh, yeah. So I'm just, I just, I just want to see these ancillary characters. See what happens. Maybe there's also a face because that we recognize that. Hey, like, I didn't know that guy was in the show. Like, Matt Smith is probably the most recognizable one. Hattie Considine as Viserys is probably the other. Good too. And so I'm just thinking, like, wow, like, is Pedro Pascal going to show up, like, in a, in an episode? Just not, like, not really him. I'm just saying compared to original Game of Thrones. Uh, or, yeah, or just other actors that we recognize from our favorite, like, fantasy type of movies or shows. Uh, yeah, well, I guess I'm just going to more, like, predictions, I guess, here. Yeah, I thought – I thought all the people that you said also like were also very good. Another person, just Graham McTavish, basically the Yarrow of like to, to Danny, and he's like the Yarrow to uh, Rahira, Rhaenyra here. You know what I'm saying? You remember him? Well, Yar, Yar, not Yara, but Yara is like the good-looking dude. Or um, Jor, Joro, Joro, Jora. Yeah, Jora. He's basically Jorah. the Jora here. Another Jormal. correlation to yeah, exactly. Another direct correlation to Game of Thrones. Like mm-hmm. he he absolutely kills it. He looks exactly he looks exactly the part. So I, it's another like direct correlation that works very well here. And I'm looking forward to see. Oh, does this guy get a backstory like Momont did or no? Yeah, and I'd like one thing too to keep an eye on. Uh, you mentioned the potential incestuous relationship between Damon Targaryen and uh, Rhaenyra. Uh, but also, like, there hasn't really been much outside of that. Yes, we get a side of we get a brothel and things like that, but there's no like sparks like that are really drawn at you, and that's a big part of Game of Thrones too, and can kind of lead to your downfall. Whether you think of the Red Wedding or plenty of other examples where like who you're with and like the relationship that you have can actually cost you your status, right, in this world. So I'll be looking out for that in the next uh, episode as well, and for the rest of the season. So anything else you got, Ricky, before we close out here? Lord of the Rings not coming out till September second. A lot to live up to to this rivalry. House, of, House of the Dragons coming out hot. Lord of the Rings, Ring of Power. That's gonna that's gonna have to do something in its first episode. I think this did a decent job of like calming the concerns of Game of Thrones fans. After the last couple seasons, there also was the prequel show that was canceled, The Long the Long Winter, I think it was called. Uh, they just shot an episode, and then they scrapped it. And here, it's like, okay, can they stick the landing here? Do, are people going to care enough about the Targaryens as opposed to the other houses that have been introduced in Game of Thrones? I think 
it wasn't overwhelmingly positive, but I would say it's been a positive reception overall from Thrones fans, right? And yeah, Rings of Power, by the way, I saw that they have a new trailer coming out tomorrow. And or yeah, so we're recording on Monday, a new trailer coming out Tuesday. Also, the first two episodes of The Rings of Power are going to be in theaters. Did you see that? Huge. Huge is what Obi-Wan should have done. Like, that's what these people, like these studios should be doing. So mm-hmm. smart. And the franchise just has a strong history of being of, of cinema, you know, it just has a strong history and a strong reputation as being one of the greatest theater experiences for any audience member. So why not like carry that over, even though it's a show? Still let people know this is Lord of the Rings that we're dealing with, right? This is Game of Thrones, it's strictly been on TV, it's not just HBO, right? We're going to big screen right so we'll see if that they can their pilot can live up to the hype of uh house of the dragon so that's going to do it for our recap today we'll be back next week to do episode two all right and we'll see where the story goes and we'll work on the name pronunciations in the meantime make sure that you're also following the podcast wherever you're listening right now whether that be spotify or soundcloud apple podcast wherever whatever listening platform you prefer please rate us five stars leave us a review and we'll share it on the podcast Later on this week, we got the checkup coming out. Uh, we're going to do some talk of some bodies, bodies, bodies talk. That's kind of an awkward sentence when you say it like that. But yeah, bodies, bodies, bodies. And then we got She-Hulk recap, all right? So right now, we're going into the fall season. Shows are picking up. Rings of, rings of power on the way. Buckle up. That's going to do for episode 136 for Dr. O and Ricky Flex. Until next time, we will smell you.